Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Away from the on-pitch goings-on, Manchester United fans are divided to protest or not to protest, to walk out or to sit in, to throw toilet paper or tennis balls and to sing about a bonfire or not. In this extra episode of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast, I talk to Matt Ford, a red himself, um, involved with United We Stand, but also an expert on German football fan culture and fan culture in various places, including at United. Now, Matt, thanks for joining us. Um, English football fans, as we were just saying, is... is have so often been far too disorganised and far too often and we've got to look to places like the German Bundesliga for example of, of how to make real change within within the game or, or the club um, at United so thanks for joining us to start off with a protest at Manchester United is it the, the right idea and and is, is it the right time as well? Um, right well ultimately I think always a protest is protests are to be encouraged protests are a good idea I think any sort of active Involvement from football fans in their clubs um, away from just that pure 90 minutes uh, should always be welcomed and should always be encouraged. Um, but then comes the second part of your question, which is, is it really the right time? Um, and you think, yeah, for, purely from a Manchester United perspective, the right it's always been the right time ever since 2005. Um, the right time has been every single year since, uh, since the takeover. Mm. But a key part of any protest or active movement at any football club or, or indeed in, in life in general I think um, has to be some sort of end game what what are you trying to achieve with that protest uh, what is your alternative what is your plan B um, in 2005 the initial or even going, going back even earlier the, the initial protest in 1999 against the uh, attempted yeah. B Sky B takeover the, the plan B was yeah was to was simply, simply to prevent that that change of the status quo um, similar ambition in 2005 which obviously had a different outcome um, even in 2010 when the green and gold campaign really got underway there was that that, that sort of 
that prospect of a plan B in the background with suggestions of the of a of a consortium by the name of Red the, the, the Red Knights, mm. a consortium of of, of wealthy um, Manchester United supporters with contacts in the city who, who would be able to mount a takeover bid. So there was that plan B and that alternative method that that, that was there in, in the background. If the aim of the protest is to get rid of the Glazers. Um, what's the alternative ownership structure? Um, there's been little or nothing heard from any sort of Red Knights consortium in years. Um, I, I wouldn't be the one to ask about the, the likelihood of that even being in, in, in existence anymore. Um, um, would you be? Then you look at who would be in a position globally to meet the financial demands that the Glazers yeah. w- would be looking for in the event that they did sell. Now, um, valuations of Manchester United over recent years have, have, have ranged um, from, from from professional commentators from anything from 2.5 to 3.5 bill. Um, although I imagine the Glazers themselves would probably, in the case of a sale, would probably value the club <laughs> even higher. You're probably talking 4 billion or, or you're getting into figures where you, you, kind of, you, you yeah. struggle to even comprehend. And then you're getting into the realm of, well, who... Who on the who on the planet can afford that sort of money? Um, and I think you're quite quickly limited to, to to sovereign wealth and nation states. And whether that is something that Manchester United supporters really want, um, especially in a city like Manchester, in a city with 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 a, an industrial and a socialist history, I think people should really question: Is that really what they want for their football club? So uh, one of the big issues I've I've kind of had with the the recent talk about processes not just is it the right time and, and is anyone prepared for it, but what's, what is the end goal? And, and that's basically what you're saying is, is United fans looking at, at other successful protests throughout football and, and what fans have done to to get change to happen. Do, does then yeah. There must be a, an end goal. And if United fans don't have that, do you think there's any chance of, of anything being successful over the next few months? Um, not really. Not not while it's at the moment. Not while it's aimed at anti Glazer, because the, the the purpose of man, the purpose of the existence of Manchester United under the Glazer family is to is to make money and provide um, and provide dividends for that um, for, for for that family. And and um, as far as as far as that goal is concerned, Manchester United fulfills that purpose absolutely perfectly, uh, and yeah. is still doing so, um, seemingly regardless of uh, of success or not. Um, on the pitch if the aim of the protest is to oust or at least relocate um, the CEO Ed Woodward within the club or move him out of the club um, I I would see that as having slightly more potential for success Um, however only in terms of only in the sense of a a relocation um, to to a different role within the club Um, but but even then it's not something that Manchester United supporters are actually in any position to influence. Um, Ed Woodward has been the Glazers' trusted man ever since he assisted them on the takeover in 2005. Ed Woodward is them. He's their embodiment. He's their personification in Manchester <laughs> yeah. at Old Trafford. Um, so the, the, it's very difficult to even split the two. The two are effectively one. Um, there is nobody who can sack Ed Woodward if that's what people want. There's nobody who can who can fire Ed Woodward. Uh, he, he, he is he is the Glazers. He's their man. They trust him. Um, so it, I can only assume that it would take such a magnitude of of a drop-off on the pitch that would then have an, a, a required effect on the finances um, mm. for the Glazers to really sort of take note of that because uh, he, he is their man. 
And if if we look at how German football fans protest against things, and you see it in even in English news quite a lot. So whether it's VR kickoff times on a Monday, a Sunday, or Saturday, whatever it is they're protesting about. Um, and I think I was reading a piece you wrote on uh, DW Sports recently about the influence of Qatar at, at Bayern Munich as well. So that's yeah. perhaps a, a more similar scenario than VAR or kickoff times for, for United fans. But yeah. who who are the people that organise those protests at German football clubs? And is that is there any equivalent at Manchester United? Well, when it comes to protests in uh, among fans in German football, um, there's, there's a couple of well, there's two major key differences that you have to take notice of uh, between German football um, and English football, um, and they both involve the extent to which fans are actually able to influence anything at all, and the extent to which they have any sort of agency. Um, first of all, there's the legal situation in the football clubs in Germany, for the most part. Um, are bound to adhere to the 50 plus one ownership rule, which if anyone's not aware, uh, that's a, a league regulation in, in, in Germany, which covers the um, top top few divisions, um, whereby any football, uh, any football club, um, or at least the professional football team within that club must be owned by 50% by the fans or by the members, um, plus 1%. Um, or, pl- pl- or plus one vote, um, ensuring that the membership always has, uh, legally speaking and theoretically speaking, uh, majority control <clears throat> over that football club. Um, any investor can invest any amount of money they want in a German football club, of course, um, but they will never have any more than 49% control. Um, so that, um, in turn, limits the amount of money that, that gets invested because investors say, well, if I'm going to invest X billion in, in a football club, I want to be able to control where it goes. Now, because those fans have that legal um, and, and at least theoretical influence, um, of course, a lot of that fan power is only theoretical in, in, in the sense that when it comes to these, um, these AGMs, especially at clubs like Bayern Munich or Borussia Dortmund, that the proportion of members that actually turn up and vote at these events is, is pretty tiny. Um, but yeah, fan involvement and the ability of fans to influence their clubs is certainly theoretically and, and legally there. And that in turn means that clubs in Germany are, they are more inclined to listen to their supporters because those supporters have a legal say in the running of that club. The club does belong to them. Um, so that's one reason why clubs that where, where, where fans do have more say. The, the second aspect that gives um, fans in Germany more influence is the, the sheer level of organisation um, among the supporters, especially among, among match-going supporters. And a lot of that is led by ultra groups, um, <clears throat> which are a common phenomenon all across all across Germany, um, there's, there's barely a club in the country which doesn't have some sort of recognised ultra group. Uh, I know that the um, I know that the term ultra often conjures up quite a bit of misunderstanding, um, and even quite a bit of piss taking uh, in in England really. Um, when you mention ultras, it conjures images of, I don't know, like rampaging Italian ultras <laughs> with, with, with belts or, or even the Crystal Palace ultras who get who, who get quite a lot of stick, um, despite the fact that, I mean, in my opinion, they, 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 do, they do create one of the loudest atmospheres in the Premier League, whether you like it or not. 
Um, they have a they have a highly organised bunch, um, and this culture of um, ultras is yeah, like I said, completely is widespread in Germany. It's more than just a bunch of football fans watching their team for ninety minutes um, on a Saturday. It's uh, it's the biggest youth subculture in the country. It involves people from all all walks of life, um, united by that love for their football club. And like I said, they are highly organised and they are capable. Um, to one degree or another, because you know the memberships of ultra groups can range from less than a hundred to a few to to five six hundred at some of the biggest Bundesliga clubs, and they're capable of um, of organising mass demonstrations, um, which are hugely effective in PR terms, which are capable of embarrassing their own club, which are capable mm. of um, embarrassing the FA, which are capable of re- really conveying. Um, yeah, conveying commonly held messages um, to the to the wider world, and um, you mentioned a few a few aspects, a few examples before that have taken place in Germany in, in, in recent years. There've been protests against VAR, protests against against Monday night football. The Monday night football ones were particularly effective. Um, that was which was and particularly successful in that uh, the the German football league did eventually agree to to scrap Monday night football. Um, as of the 2021-22 season. Um, and that's something which, as you know, um, isn't the case in England, um, whether at Manchester United or elsewhere. Um, obviously, like I said, there's, there's exceptions in, in Crystal Palace and, and, and similar and similar clubs. Um, but that level of organisation simply isn't there. Now, that's not to say that I believe that Manchester United need, need ultras Um I quite explicitly don't think that's the case. Um, I, I think there's too much about English fan culture, which is also which is also to be protective. Uh, the humour, yeah. the creativity, the spontaneity, and Manchester United are probably the best example of that. Um, what I would say English fan culture and Manchester United in particular do need is a little bit of organisation behind the scenes. That doesn't mean organisation in the stands. No one wants drums, megaphones, um, coordinated clapping or any of that. <laughs> I, yeah, it looks great when Borussia Dortmund do it or when Schalke do it or whatever. Fantastic. And that's one way of doing it, but there's more yeah. ways of going about it. But what we do need is some of the some of the organisation behind the scenes, that organisation to bring people together, um, to act together, to act in a common interest and in a way that has an effect to bring people together who can have a real effect in real life. Um, and that brings me on to another difference between active English football fans and active German football fans. And that's that in Germany, this sort of stuff doesn't take place on the internet. Um, ultra groups and active supporter groups in Germany are not on Twitter. Um, and if they are, it's purely to put out statements they don't interact. They don't yeah. debate on the internet. They do their debating in real life, um, in meetings between match-going supporters um, who go to games, who who are in a position to change something. Because ultimately, that's where change occurs. Um, change doesn't occur via debating on the internet. It doesn't yeah. occur via hashtags. Um, it occurs when Eintracht Frankfurt throw tennis balls on the pitch. It occurs when Borussia Dortmund boycott a home game in protest at Monday Night Football. Um, 
it occurs when even when teams when fans own team benefit from a VAR decision they still rage and chant about VAR and demand its abolition um, and that is certainly something that I think Manchester United supporters and English fans in general can learn do you think United fans have the uh, have the ability to to lead something in English football where people begin to be more organised, or do you think it's a, at, at this time at least it's an unrealistic expectation because there doesn't seem to be many there doesn't seem to be that possibility for someone to step up and and sort this out as as German fans might do it. I mean, there might not be there might not be an example, um, well, not there's not a current example of a protest movement working. Um, for for example, an example of a of a real life protest movement in football, in English football, and involving Manchester United, you have to look back to 2005 and the evidence that real life protest and real life organisation, the evidence that that works is in existence every second Saturday in Moston at Broaders Park, where FC yeah. United are still going strong. Um, they said it wouldn't last and yet there they still are 15 years later yeah um that's the evidence that it can work um the green and gold campaign was making slight progress at least from a pr point of view in 2010 uh, until it developed into the the fashion accessory that that we've probably discussed elsewhere (laughs) um Nowadays, in 2020, is there an active real-life protest movement? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there is. Um, there is, however, evidence that organisation works in the form of the Red Army. Um, now, the goal of the Red Army, and I'm not, I'm not going to claim to speak for them, but um, I, don't, I don't think they'll disagree with me saying that the, the goal of the Red Army is to boost the atmosphere within Old Trafford. Um, and they've done that via organisation, via um, discussions in real life, via engagement and being active in real life um, by making decisions offline rather than online where anyone can throw their 10 penneth in. And they've had success with it. No one can deny that they've had massive success yeah. with that. The atmosphere at Old Trafford when the, T- when the TRA have been in action over the past one and a half, two seasons, even at some of the shittest games, um, has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And um, the, you ask anyone, lads and girls who have been involved, will testify that they, they look forward to Colchester at home <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and a Stanley at home. Talking to a lad before the, um, before I think it was before the Partizan game, um, at Old Trafford, which normally wouldn't be a great attraction, but you said no, he's come all he's come from Warrington on a Thursday night because yeah. he wouldn't he, and he wouldn't have bothered otherwise, and that's what it's all about. So um, there's evidence in the in the TR, in the TRA that organisation works. Now that also doesn't mean that the, the Red Army, in my opinion, should be expected to lead any sort of protest movement. I think there's all sorts of arguments against that, not least of which, like I said, is that it's it's not their raison d'être. It's not the it's yeah, not yeah. their point, is it? It's not the reason they're there. Um, but that's the evidence that organisation works. Um, people might not like to hear it, but the uh, the Scousers protesting against £77 tickets a couple of years ago, that came from active organisation among fans in real life who organised something in real life. Um, and it had an effect. Um, in a, a similar example nationwide would be the uh, 20s plenty campaign yeah. and the, the campaign to cap away tickets all right admittedly it got capped at 30 pounds in the end not 20 but it's probably a compromise we can all just about live with but that involved people 
getting off their asses, getting off Twitter, ditching the hashtags, and actually doing something real life and being organised. And uh, I would only uh, encourage, you know, I would encourage supporters to do that. We can, we can hope. Um, there's certainly, there are certainly elements of possibility there when you when you mention the Red Army and you've got two very strong fanzines at United as well and Reddish who's still kicking about on Twitter there are, there are clearly <laughs> things <laughs> Reddish was still going on I hadn't, I hadn't noticed recently. just on just on Twitter yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice and nice and loud as ever yeah in nice, your face. nice and subtle nice and subtle but that's yeah always a subtle approach but there is clearly there are the possibility there for for United fans to be the ones who don't want to be the leaders to be led by certain people is whether those people want to want to do it all over again because as I saw Barney who, who does Red News saying he, he did it all in, in 10 years yeah, ago yeah. 15 years ago so no I mean it is, it's also um, it's also up to young it's up to young people to do it. it it needs young it needs young lads and lasses to be getting involved um, and that is also one of the successes of, 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 TR, of the of the TRA group yeah um, the average demographic age demographic in there is a lot younger than elsewhere and uh, that's that's not meant to be a, a slight on <laughs> older time served supporters but it's a natural state of affairs I think that as you get slightly older um you know, my, my own dad, I don't think he could be asked being involved in TIA, but he's, <laughs> but he's, but he's been there, done it. Um, yeah. And it takes that, that, that's what that's what you need to get involved. Um, another thing you need to do, you don't just need um, um, youth and engagement on your side. I think you also need to be a little bit smart about it. I was having a chat with a couple of people regarding regarding some of the chants that have been coming out recently, regarding Ed Woodward and regarding the Glazers and... yeah. Bon- bonfires and all that now yeah obviously no bonfires are getting built no one's getting cut up from head to toe um it's it, it, it's a funny football song and nothing more however um having said that when you're singing about a group that's all fine however when you start directing that at an individual person as laughable as you might think it is um it doesn't take much for that one person in this case mr woodward um, to decide that you've taken offence at that, yeah, um, and there is there is a precedent for that in Germany recently, with a set with several Borussia Dortmund supporters who have found themselves up in court and personally sued after the owner of Hoffenheim uh, took offence to their chance against him. Um, now, once you get once you get to that situation, which admittedly is relatively extreme, but also not totally impossible. Arguments such as "We're Man United, we'll sing what we want" and <laughs> freedom and freedom of speech um, don't tend to work. So you need to be a bit clever about it. Um, if you're going to protest, be organised, do it in real life, have a plan B, and be smart about it. Yeah, I'm in the I'm in the weird situation where I've written a for the next United We Stand. I've written a 800 words on why those chants. Are, right. have been have been covered in the wrong way. Not saying that they yeah. should be used if United are going to have any United fans are going to have any pro- success in in protesting. So I've written a piece then why the the constant uh, the the instant condemnation of them is wrong. But I also think in the in the same way that if if we're going to actually do a protest, distracting from the real point of the message by giving the the media and and normal people the opportunity to condemn these chants is yeah. is the wrong way to go about it 
Yeah, and there's enough creative people at Manchester United, and um, within the within the within the hard course apart, uh, we don't necessarily need to be resorting to yeah. reworded re- reworded chants that we normally sing about Man City. Um, surely we can do a bit better than that. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's also there's so many others as well. There's the the bonfire and Edward Wood's gonna die, and then once you move on from there, there's Love United, Hate Glazer, Stand Up. Yeah. If there's been at least six or seven yeah. in, in the last few weeks already, yeah. so it could be easily got rid of. Yeah. But I think there's a and in and in and in terms of raising awareness, um, it's done a fantastic job, and I think that sort of stuff always to be is, is like I said at the start, always to be welcomed, but. You have to question, yeah. What what is what is the end game here? What what do we actually want out of this? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do we yeah do we want the Glazers gone? And if so, um, who who do we want in? I mean, I'm the first person to say I want I want to see them gone. I've done since 2005. Um, but what's the alternative there? Do we want do we want Saudi owners? Do we want to be in a situation where we've got rumours circulating like at Newcastle? Is that yeah. really what we want? Um, or is there a is there a smarter way in which we can convey a message to people in a position like Ed Woodward that there has to be some sort of tangible, achievable change within the hierarchy, something that's achievable, um, and that takes just a little bit, a little bit more brains behind it. Yeah, and United fans might become the first to to sing about or protest about wanting to appoint a director of football, but there is a, there is a first time for everything. Um, thanks very much for your time. Um, for people who are interested in, in what you've been saying and, and want to read some of your stuff on the various places you do it, where can we find you on Twitter sharing it all? Um, on Twitter, I am to be found at Matt underscore 4D. It's a 4 and a D. And um, my, my work can be found on DW.com. That's, uh, that's Germany's international broadcaster. Fantastic. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 